Content warning. Please be advised the following podcast contains graphic and offensive language and descriptions of sexual assault and rape. Please proceed with caution. For support and advice, you can visit Rape Crisis England and Wales, Rape Crisis Scotland, Rape Crisis Northern Ireland, Women's Aid, Black Minds Matter UK, Exit UK, The Trevor Project, and Survivors UK. I'm horny, 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 horny for change. Hello. Hi. Okay, so this is Emily. Gina. And we've got a special guest today. Hello, I'm Alice. Uh, this is Alice from the very successful... Stop it. You were supposed to come in and say what it was. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> from the very successful... Strut safe. <laughs> Yeah, this is our first guest. <gasps> I feel honoured. Yeah, you flattered. should. You should. I, yeah, I know, I should. Yeah, that's exciting, actually. I didn't really think about that. I, to be fair, I did I did orchestrate this. I just <laughs> bugged Emily. Especially Emily being like... Because Emily once mentioned it in passing. was like, oh yeah, we should have you on the podcast sometime. As soon as Emily mentioned that, I was like... So, so should we get a date in the diary? <laughs> I've got one in. <laughs> I was like, I popped it in the G-Cal. I'm <laughs> like, sorry, what? Yeah. That's what I need, though, as a disorganized person. You're not disorganized. Yes, I am. You mm. literally said it earlier. <laughs> That's why I'm not a tourist. <laughs> And that's why after like five minutes of hanging out with me while sober, Gina goes, you're a Virgo, aren't you? (laughs) It all comes out. Um, Yeah, so we've had a little bit of a break. We've been event planning. Event has come and gone. It was fun. We've got some other things coming up, but I think... Drawing workshop. Yeah, yeah. We've got little drawing workshops with um, Reedy Draws coming up so that's gonna be good yeah Yeah, it's gonna be a lot more chill i just think we needed the the piss up the fun to kick it all off Um, steam yeah exactly we all deserved it i think so it was so much fun yeah i was dying for like three days after though so never again i was fresh faced you know i went to work the next morning at 5 a.m shut up (laughs) (laughs) but to be fair i then quit my job i was just like sat there and i was just like i think i'm I think I've had enough. And I just wrote my notice email and then I went home and got back into bed. No, sorry, can I just say, the Horny for Change event has made a lot of things happen. Uh I'm going to take credit for that one as well. You should. There's been a lot of, yeah. A little bit of magic. A little Mm. bit of magic and you're all welcome. Thank you. I'll put my PayPal in the (laughs) podcast notes. Anyway, uh, back to reality, back to business. Um, we've mentioned on our Instagram story what the topic was going to be for this next podcast. It's something that um, I think I, I've, I've spoken about a lot in my personal life with Alice. Mm. And this is why it came up um, as something that would be appropriate for her to join in on. Alice, obviously, is the co-founder of StratSafe. Do you want to... Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So StrutSafe is an organization um, operating across the UK and we basically run a phone line um, entirely run by volunteers um, for people to call and stay on the phone with while they're walking home. And it can be literally whatever you need. It can be a chat. It can be resources. It can be like someone to really talk you through, you know, that moment of vulnerability and privacy. And I think that, that there is an increasing awareness that sadly people can't do something as simple as walk home without facing harassment, violence, um, 
abuse and you know this is a huge intersection of, of the way this you know manifests in terms of like you know the intersection between misogyny and violence mm. and racism and violence and homophobia and transphobia and violence and so the line is for anybody to call and yeah we've been running about a year now just over a year we had a year anniversary in march we were founded Ooh. i know thank Happy you very much thank you we were founded after the i have some cheeky stats actually absolutely um, we were founded after the yeah. <laughs> love a stat <laughs> Um, we were very sadly founded after the death of Sarah Everard, um, and since since we were founded, um, we have taken seven hundred and one calls, and we have spent thirty six thousand six hundred and sixty minutes um, over one hundred and fifty one nights on the phones with oh people. A very um, necessary organization. It's funny because when you talk about it, it's like it's such a ground breaking idea yet it's such a simple measure mm. which i think is really nice because well, it's like how was how has this not been yeah. in existence well i think there is a culture of it and that's something that we wanted to like create universally so there's all, there's such a culture of like calling your boyfriend or your partner mm. or your mom or your yeah, best friend true. but like and that's you know that's friendship and that's community and that's solidarity on an interpersonal level within friendship mm. groups and relationships and families but, you know, we wanted to be there almost like a professional friend and expand that outside of these groups of people who don't have that person to call or don't know if anyone's going to pick up. Um, so we're there whenever, whenever you need us. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's really like something that shouldn't have to exist. We, I mean, we always say in an mm-hmm. ideal world, we'd be out of a job. Yeah. Um, but maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe You'll one on day we'll, we'll sort it out. Um, but yeah, you know, right now it's something that like, obviously we were aware that it doesn't resolve the structural issue. That is something we want to be part of as well. Mm. Um, it is almost treating a symptom, um, of the cause, but it's something now and it's something like community based. It's a necessity. And also, yeah, you can't do both and you're very clearly doing both. So hats off, madame. Stop it. No. Can't take a compliment. I know. Take it. I know. Take it. <laughs> I'm Thank giving you. it to you. There we go. Thank you for the You're welcome. Um, but yeah, across Corny for Change and um, Stratsafe, we've kind of put out a request for anyone who's experienced non-consensual aggression during consensual sex. Such a tongue twister, that. I know. I really had to think about it, but I did a great bloody job. You've Um, snatched it, huh? Thank you, thank you. Um, And as expected, the response was large, Mm. which is disturbing. I was actually saying this to Gina. Whenever the responses started to come in, I said, it's grim that I was expecting this because I knew it Mm. from my experiences and so many experiences of my friends yeah i think when i put the story up and i started checking responses and there was a bit of a pause before they started rolling in and i remember being surprised because sadly when they did eventually start flooding in i was like yeah that tracks Mm. and yeah i think we both were talking about how some of them are very tough to read but also everyone who shared and everyone who got in touch um just know that you are supported and you are loved and we stand in solidarity with you and thank you for trusting us with your experiences we don't take it lightly Um, I think as well it's really important for people to share it if you can obviously if you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. enough to because I was actually having this discussion with um, a follower of Horny for Change today a horn dog who was chatting to me about it and they had said 
I have so many of these stories. This is one of my stories. Mm. And I said, you know, I really appreciate you getting in touch because when people start talking, that's when the severity of an issue is very mm. clear. And I, I was saying this um, while discussing my own experience of it yet again, which is one experience of it out of so many. And it's just, you know, you need to realize that this has happened to, it's happened to me, Gina, happened to you, mm. Alice, happened to you. And that's three people sitting in a room and that, that shouldn't be the case. Mm. And I wish it wasn't the case, mm. but it is. So yeah, it's kind of, we're going to discuss it. Um, and I hope that this can reach some people that will maybe think, shit, have mm. I maybe acted in that way? I, I really need to change that. I need to check my behavior mm. and I need to make sure that whoever I'm having sex with feels safe and is safe. Because unfortunately, this is undoubtedly connected to porn. Yeah. And I think, do we all agree with that? Yeah. I, I as well, just I, I think what we don't want to do is, up, is upset anyone. And I think we maybe anticipate that from some of the stuff we're discussing, especially some of the experiences we're going to discuss that have been submitted there may be moments that, that perhaps make you reflect on on things that have happened to you. Again, um, we'll make a list of resources available, yeah. maybe in the podcast description. In the yes, notes. definitely. Because um, there are a number of like survivors and rape, rape crisis centres across the UK that you can get in touch with. And something as well that you, the point that you made when we were having, discussing this, when we were discussing doing this, and something you said to me, and it's not left my brain since you said it. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> <laughs> It was you saying that the taboo culture and the taboo nature of discussing sex publicly as a woman and the idea that sex is a private act that is not supposed to be discussed and that if you discuss sex outside the bedroom, you're, you know, coarse or it's vulgar is a tool of oppression to keep women in relationships that do not serve them, that are violent and that are abusive. Yeah. Because if you have no gauge for what is appropriate sexual behavior, if you have no gauge for what is abuse, for what is sexual violence, then that keeps you, it keeps you trapped. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that it's so important and you know, it can seem very like woo-woo or whatever, talking about sex and that there is, you know, a lack of importance there, but you know, it is, it's a political action Mm -hmm. because by being open about it and saying, yeah, it's literally putting, words to experiences mm. and giving it the the space that it deserves like for example I was listening to a podcast the other day I can't remember what it was and they were discussing how before people started talking online mm. about their experiences in abusive relationships people didn't know what gaslighting so it's things like that so it's like we're all learning mm. together and if so many people can come and share their experiences on our mm. platforms and we can share it on this podcast. Mm. Maybe someone will recognize that what they're having to deal with either currently or in the past has been unhealthy yeah. and that will save them from another experience like that. And also maybe people who are perpetrating it will start to become a bit aware of what is unacceptable. Mm. And yeah, being able to draw the line between fantasy and real life mm. and how your actions actually affect people. It is it is a tool for liberation and yeah. it is a tool for, I think as, you know, I just think about how 
environments for yeah for, for especially for women to discuss this are are so threatened and it's important it really is important do you know what i was also thinking today what it was actually in my 4 p.m shower right wait till you bloody here so i was having a wee think and i was thinking rough sex non-consensual aggression pondering that I genuinely, <laughs> before I do something like this, I sit down and have a big think. Yeah, I literally. I'll think. say I'll sit down and you'll sit down and have a big think and I'll sit for an hour yeah. and I'll just think. God, I didn't give it more. <laughs> I didn't, I'll be honest. So I was in the shower and I was thinking, I think this leads back to, you know, there's a culture of casual sex, which casual sex isn't new. Everyone's Mm-mm. being shagging. As a history graduate, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> We've always been. That's why we're all here. Yeah, We've exactly. always been shagging. Exactly. So that's get. Let's get that out there. But now that it's maybe more accessible with apps and things like that, mm. there is this um, kind of dichotomy of casual sex is fucking is rough sex is the mm. whore sex and compassionate caring sex is the Madonna sex the madonna whore complex it's my favorite it really is my favorite that's related to sex now and it's like Mm. the kind of sex that you maybe save for that wifey person that you care about is the is the kind of sex where you check in where you ask their needs and then the kind of sex that you have off whoever off tinder you don't give a shit you don't ask them what they need you don't even ask them if they're okay after and it's literally well ma'am thank you ma'am yeah but it's also it it's not i think it's because there's this idea that casual sex must be emotionless yeah and all but also that's a dangerous like equation to make right Mm -hmm. because rough sex done properly done consensually done between two partners who care about each other is not emotionless is the most caring careful type and casual casual sex and like you can have sex that's very very vanilla, and that can be not caring at all. Yeah. So to because people are so caught up in this idea that casual sex needs to be emotionless. Yeah. It's because people are so scared that you're gonna think that someone's in love with you, or you know, I don't want to check in on them later that day after we've had sex because they'll think that I'm obsessed with them. Mm. Shut up! Like mm. you aren't very mature yeah if you think you should, that way yeah. and it's you should decency it's literally bare minimum decency yeah. and if you can't behave that way like an adult with your partner if both of you can't yeah. you know undertake those responsibilities you shouldn't be having that kind of sex yeah yeah i think it's a very bizarre thing that has become normalized and i think that's what we've been discussing mm-hmm. and what we will be discussing today is this normalization of aggression during sex whenever it's not quote-unquote normal Mm. to be aggressive to someone unless you know that they have asked for it Mm. in a certain way and that it's a safe environment for you to do that to them in also we just want to clarify we're not doing down on rough sex at all absolutely not rough sex you like in fact have it go for it but ensure that you're doing it in a safe sane consensual way that consent is it's freely given and like the way we understand consent i've been like doing talks on this and i've given talks to like rugby boys about about this about how we understand squeaky chairs i know yeah sorry about how we understand consent and our understanding of consent should be so much broader than a simple yes or no 
it should be you know first of all consent should be freely given um it should be given without you know like being under any influence um but also your your boundaries are boundaries of consent Mm-hmm. Like in terms of, you know, what saying yes to something, um, you know, consent can be violated within relationships. It can be violated in terms of the contra- like discussions around contraception. Like there are so many consent is so varied and it's, it's not black so, and white. It's, it's not, not yes or no. <laughs> it's not yes or no. It should be, you know, enthusiastic, it should be maintained. Mm-hmm. And I think I want people to understand consent in a way that respects their own boundaries and respects the boundaries of their partner or mm-hmm. and or partners. And also, you don't have to be doing something because you saw it in porn. Mm. You can act in a way that feels natural to you, and that will usually not be mm. spitting in someone's face randomly or slapping someone in the face. Masking. Yeah. Masking. Also, would like to clarify that non-consensual aggression during consensual sex is not BDSM. It's rape. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sexual assault. Let's not get that confused. Yeah. Also, I think like in terms of being um we're also I, I, we're also we're not anti-sex work, we're not anti-porn. Mm-hmm. Um this is actually something that I've been like doing a lot of research into recently in terms of there is if you think about sex trafficking, what sex trafficking, one of the biggest things that sex trafficking is linked sex trafficking is linked to is online pornography mm. which means that you know people are being trafficked and pressured into being participating in pornography that they aren't consenting to that is not their choice um that they are not being treated well you know it's obviously human rights violations mm-hmm. and that content is available for free online there is nothing wrong with watching porn it can be a very like important part of your sexual relationship with yourself it can be a healthy way for you to express your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Also, it can just be fun. It can be fun. Things can just be fun. But okay. you should treat your porn the same way we treat so much of our lives in terms of... The same way we treat approach clothes or food. Mm-hmm. Or Literally, recycling. what are you putting in your body? Yeah. Where are you getting it from? Is it being ethically made? Is it being you know properly made with proper standards? Is the money that you're paying for it? Like, you should pay for your porn. That should just be... Yeah. You pay for a coffee. Why wouldn't you pay for your porn? Yeah. you pay to go to the cinema like and it should that money should be going to directly support sex workers a hundred percent and like a lot so much of like anti-porn sentiment actually damages sex workers who are doing that work like by choice who are trying mm-hmm. to make a career definitely i'm very pro whatever you want if it makes you feel good exactly. but also i just don't believe that everyone loves this certain type of mainstream porn Mm -hmm. and i think everyone obviously that adheres to a very mainstream patriarchal sexual script Mm -hmm. and that's why people are watching it and i just yeah i just always try to encourage creativity Mm -hmm. um in terms of what you're engaging with Mm -hmm. in terms of your um sexual escapades because i actually want to if we're speaking about porn i found one of the leading academics so what I was going to talk about, this is, I really recommend everyone reads this paper. It's John D. Fubert, who is a professor of higher education and student affairs at the Oklahoma State University. And he is one of the leading academics on the public health harms of pornography in terms of the brain, erectile dysfunction, and sexual violence. He speaks about the porn we've just been discussing. It's available for free to read online. First of all, some of the most powerful studies, what he talks about is some of the most powerful studies of the brain and pornography come from investigating brain scans. And in one experiment, the brains of men were scanned while they viewed porn. And when neurologists looked at their brain scans, men's brains reacted to women as if they were objects, not people. 
And so think how important that is in terms of the process of dehumanizing a person so as to make violence against them more acceptable. But think about it, if, you, uh, if your brain is rewired by pornography to see women as objects, not people, it's so easy. You're just dehumanizing people. And, and, it like the, and he says that the very maps that nerve cells travel through the brain become rerouted as people use more and more pornography. That's one of the impacts, brain rewiring. The second is sexual dysfunction. So in the 1940s in the United States, less than 1% of men under 30 experienced erectile dysfunction. In 1992, 7% of men under 30 experienced sexual um, dysfunction. And now 30% of young men. And that has risen in comparison with easier accesses to pornography. Mm-hmm and higher pornography use. And then this is, but this is the stuff we're talking about, which is, and I'll, I'll read quite a bit of this because it's so valuable. So the impact in terms of how porn relates to sexual violence. The research connecting pornography and sexual violence is conclusive. There are over 100 studies showing that pornography use is both correlated with and is the cause of a wide range of violent behaviors. Over 50 studies show a strong connection between pornography and sexual violence. The men, the more men view pornography, the more they think that women are lesser creatures who they can dominate. Pornography use increases the likelihood that a man will commit sexual violence against a woman, particularly if the man has other risk factors for committing sexual violence, like being impulsive, and if his use of pornography is frequent. This is the thing. So, he says, if anyone has an agenda to end sexual violence, and I hope you do, you must tackle the issue of pornography if you want to have an impact, because the odds that the use of pornography and sexual violence is not linked is one in 88 decillion, which is equivalent. The, these odds are one in 88 decillion. How big is that number? So the likelihood that porn and sexual violence are not related is enough to fill one billion empire state buildings floor to ceiling with pennies. And the odds that they're not related is one of those pennies. That's great for anyone who tries to argue this. <laughs> That's yeah, that's terrifying. And I think what's sad about that is the main thing that will probably stick out to a lot of people is the sexual dysfunction mm. part. That will be more cause for concern. concern. Yeah, because it affects you and it's not affecting other people. People are like, oh well, I'm I'm sorry that you know in the UK a woman is it's less actually than one in three days, but on average a woman is murdered by a man in the UK once every three days. Sorry about that, but I can't get it up. So yeah. who's the real loser here? Yeah, literally. So bad. But I think this is a very good end to one of the submissions that I got because I read it and I immediately thought this man who was the perpetrator of the sexual aggression has rewired his brain that he needs aggression to... Yeah, do you want to read that to submission find, Yeah, to get... To get sexual it. satisfaction and it you you can rewire your brain mm. and that's the thing and porn can do that if mm. that's all you're consuming that's all your body will respond to mm. and that's rude awakening guys but like you're not immune from what you watch also i actually want to say so i was doing some research into this you can reverse the effects oh yeah no i know so I, I talk about it all the time rewiring your brain and how to receive pleasure yeah you're not doomed. Just want to put put that out there. It's not permanent. If this is something that you think is affecting you, don't need to. First of all, don't beat yourself up, because our society, oh, like first of all, encourages this in such a way from such a young age. People aren't being protected. Like there is a real like I personally people aren't think being people aren't being educated, and I think it's like a, genuinely a form of like child neglect and child abuse that people aren't being educated no, and protected from emotional stuff online. and social development. Absolutely, it's a form of child neglect. First of all, so if this has happened to you, 
it's please do not beat yourself up or panic or worry you can go back you can sort it out and it literally comes from just abstaining or it comes from understanding your use of pornography it comes from discussing things with your partner if you've rewired your brain you can rewire it back you can reverse fully the effects of all this absolutely so do not worry absolutely sorry please i've just butted over you there so no don't worry don't worry that was very important um so someone has submitted their experience which is content warning let me oh yeah content warning for this entire episode though we're going to be discussing more overt sexual aggression Mm. when we mention the submissions um so they said My ex couldn't come unless he was hurting me, whether a little or a lot. Me being a people, please, I would put his needs before my own and let him fuck me and hurt me so much more than I was comfortable with. I would close my eyes until it was over in the hope that it would make him love me. Outside of the bedroom, he was emotionally abusive. I started to think that he just hated me and was using me. But my self-esteem was so low that I accepted this as what I probably deserve for being a quote-unquote difficult person to be with due to my mental health struggles. I never realized that this wasn't okay. Yeah, it is absolutely heartbreaking. It's, I think it's, again, one of these situations where someone is clearly taking advantage of the fact that someone is going through a tough time, that someone is struggling within their relationship. And yeah, I mean, you know, because the action against you it should never, the onus, the responsibility and onus is never on you for something that's committed against you. But for violence to be committed against you can make you feel that you are deserving of it mm-hmm. and thus it only further contributes yeah. to your, you know, to, to, to damage to your own self-worth. And so it's a destructive cycle. And the, people are aware of that. I think. Oh, they can read it a mile off, that's the thing. Also, if you maybe um, struggle to reach orgasm or climax or even experience pleasure without hurting someone whenever they aren't enthusiastic about it that enthusiasm is so important there because that can work for two parties and it can be consensual and it can be really rewarding sexually for people Mm. but if that other person isn't all there for it then you need to look at your behavior and think you know why why are you wanting to inflict that pain when it's not consensual and it's not fun for everyone mm. and I think that's, that's very interesting because it, that enthusiasm is so important because it's very common for people to be into pain affliction during sex and it can be a real rewarding thing for people to exercise trust and care mm. But as well, that is mainly due to what comes after. Mm. And aftercare is really important. So important. And I think that that's quite a good um, way of spotting Mm. when things are very unhealthy. When someone has no consideration for checking in on you after that. Even if two parties have said, let's have a... A paddle session, so spanking with a paddle board, like mm. a, a wooden paddle. Mm. And, you know, there needs to be continuous check-ins throughout. Yeah. You can say, I like that pain, 
that's too much, that's too little, I want more, etc. And then you check in after. Yeah, you can use the, tra- there's so many ways to check yeah. in with your partner. You can use the traffic light system, so red, yellow, green, red, stop right now, uh, yellow, I'm reaching my limit, or um, like it's the opportunity to elaborate on something you like or don't like, green, I'm good to go, I'm enjoying this. And I think something, something that I've been thinking about recently in terms of the big things we've been having yes. is in terms of when things that are rough or violent are happening, you know, BDSM, is your partner and are you enjoying, like you say, the trust, the power, the even the pain? Mm-hmm. Or are they enjoying the fear? Yeah. And the discomfort. And the discomfort. And I think that's that's a really good question to ask yourself if you're in the position of wanting to inflict it. What is it? Mm. About it that turns yeah. you on. And not constructed fear. Genuine. Genuine fear. Because so mm. many of this, like a few of the submissions that, that we've had mm. have been people, we, we, you and I were discussing this, people who are in a relationship with a partner who they're having regular sex with, or even with you know having regular sex with a regular partner, and when a boundary has been created, that partner rejecting the boundary mm. and carrying on despite the person crying or asking them to stop or closing their eyes or laughing in response to that boundary being created. I was actually going to say the same thing that this is something that has been consistent in every submission for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like for the ones that came through stuff there, mm-hmm. but I was actually gonna raise this as well. It's just a really quick one that this person had had someone choke them quite aggressively during sex. Continued after I expressed, I wanted him to stop. He then joked about it afterwards, claiming he was testing if I liked it. That's something that has come up, this laughter mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought you would like it. What? This jokey, yeah. that's not... <sighs> one here is, is, I have been in two sexually abusive relationships, but the last one, about five years ago, he kept guilting me into anal, even though he knew I didn't like it. And one of the last times I gave in, he started gently as we discussed and then became so rough that I was in tears. And he has called me, he has actually caused me physical health issues. Can I just say as well... I'm so sorry for anyone that can relate to this mm. or that that's happened to. Mm-hmm. In such a... It's such an injustice to me that someone has got into this intimate situation. You know, the key words within this discussion is non-consensual sexual aggression within consensual sex. Mm. So you're consenting to an intimate moment with someone. doesn't matter if it's your partner or a stranger, they're, it's always intimate. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that has happened to you after giving consent to certain things and laying out your boundaries and it's just being disregarded, it just... Oh, fuck. It stirs a wild rage within mm-hmm. me. Like, Especially as people you know, have used potentially engaging in some behaviour and then escalating. I got a lot of people who said, oh, um, you know, I discussed liking a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then someone going way too far. And mm. also something that I want to clarify is that you're still completely valid having experienced this. If, um, if you've not said to your partner that you're not enjoying it. 
Yeah. If someone has done something that you haven't discussed or even if you said, I don't like this, if they've done something violent towards you without asking first, without discussing it, that, yeah. is, a, that is a violation of it's consent. Not- it's a violation of your boundary. There's no, like, you know, we talk about there's no right way of it to be a victim. There genuinely isn't. No, you don't jump to, um, yeah, assaulting someone just mm. because they have, haven't asked you not to. Like, that sounds ridiculous to say that. Mm. But that's what people try and argue that can happen. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't just assault people and then think, oh, I, I thought they would like that. No. And that's what you need to get into your head's while having sex with people yeah it's literally that simple if you construct boundaries as a couple and say specifically what you don't like and then that person behaves that way that you haven't discussed without asking you that is a violation i'm going to read one of these and and it actually is going to lead on to the point that we ended up discussing Mm -hmm. about um taboos around sex so i had partners that i consented to certain aspects of rough sex with push boundaries during the consensually rough sex, especially with name calling that I hadn't consented to, even though we had agreed certain names I did consent to, and things like spitting, slapping, punching with force, and in places that I hadn't consented to. Again, in circumstances where we had agreed what force slash places were okay with me. It was particularly violating specifically because we had discussed what boundaries we were okay so we could try kinkier sex, and these were ignored by the other person. And this is the bit that really stuck with me. I felt like I couldn't necessarily talk to other people about it at the time because I would have had to explain the details of what I had actually consented to in order to tell them what I hadn't consented to. And that was too embarrassing. It also made me feel like I had let it happen because I was doing something taboo in the first place. The fact that people, women in particular, are putting public perception over their safety. Mm. It actually sends me best. It grind it grinds my gears. And 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 anybody that would make you feel any kind of way mm. or any kind of uncomfortable when you spoke about when you were trying to speak about an assault, about what you had consented to, not a friend. They're not fuck someone who's them. fuck them. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, fuck them. seems a bit whoop. <clears throat> Try not to spill my tea. But I feel like this actually is quite similar, similar vein. So I'll read this out, we'll discuss them. Sounds good. Um, One time I was cuddling with my now ex-boyfriend on the sofa watching movies. He was the big spoon, I was the little, and at some point we exchanged kisses and little cuddles, but nothing going on down under and we weren't talking. All of a sudden, He put his hand down my PJs and pretty much rammed his fingers into my vagina. It hurt quite a bit since I was never expecting this, so I wasn't anywhere near wet. I told him off and asked him to please check in with me in some way or the other before doing something like that. He got pretty mad. We had a small fight, etc. Some weeks pass, we have a different argument and suddenly he brings up the episode again, saying that he had talked to one of his friends who I had never met and she agreed with him saying that talking about sex, what you want, what you're in the mood for, if you're in the mood for it, etc. was a buzzkill because it took away the romance and excitement. Oh my god. Uh, I'm ch- oh my god. Also, may I just say... 
uh, I don't want to blame the friend because do you think that person was actually open about what they did which was assault you when you were watching a film I it's this when women participate in our own oppression it really winds me up I she I bet she didn't know though Oh, you mean you think he had... I think the he way was he a lion had... cardly rat bag. Yeah. You mean you think he was like, oh, like, I started initiating sex and she told me off. Yeah. She shamed me she for shamed being sexual. For being... For initiating with her. Yeah. I... And rather I than... I betcha. I bet you. I smell fucking rat. You smell fucking rat? Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you should... It's just... It's so... <laughs> this is the thing. It's the way that sex is deemed a taboo and a private subject and that what goes on in the bedroom should stay between the people in it first of all in a way that you're happy with in mm. the sense of if you got their own boundaries yeah if you don't want to talk about your sex life if you, you know one's no one's obliging you to also you don't have to talk about your sex life but, but talking about sex the general yeah topic if you don't have the space for that discussion you're protecting abusers and rapists yeah and that's literally it and that's that's the end of story that's what's happened to that person and the Mm. the person that alice was talking about i just i feel worked against a victim yeah the idea that to be embarrassed to discuss what you had consented to not only yeah because you and shame is so powerful it's shame is one of the most powerful emotions and feeling that also feeling a level of responsibility. Well, I consented to this part of kink and thus it is no surprise that it is my own fault. Mm-hmm. I should have been. I should have. I should have. It's literally nothing to do with you. No. It was never anything to do Especially with Especially due to the fact that it was obvious they had such clear conversations. Yeah. And then and set such clear boundaries and those were violated. Horrific. Horrific. Also, this leads on to the rough sex defence yes very nicely um using that as a form of excuse that desire to be involved in kink Mm. um that curiosity Mm. that could then be used in a court of law to Mm. um defend your murderer protect your murderer protect your rapist and protect your murderer so just for anyone who doesn't know the rough sex defense first of all check out we consent to this who are a campaigning group who have actually last year after an 18 month campaign um were able to change the law in england and wales so basically codifying that you cannot consent to serious harm and death and introducing an offense of non-fatal strangulation however keynote this is not the same in scotland so write to your representatives in westminster in the hollywood about this because so basically the rough sex defense is the idea that when someone dies their partner also, not dies during sex, dies, dies, is murdered by their partner. Yeah. Their partner can plead that, uh, basically plead no responsibility on the basis that it was rough sex that went too far or went wrong. And that this person had asked for the act that was committed against them. Often this is strangulation. So people will say, she, he, they asked me to choke them and literally we yeah. can't consent to this also they can't defend themselves because yeah they've been murdered yeah and it, it, it's literally you know the well dead men tell no tales the idea yeah. that i'm not trying to trivialize that trivialize this in any way but the idea that yeah you can't if 
speak when you you can't say well no that wasn't what happened because you've been murdered and 60 women in the uk have been murdered and this defense was used by their killers and it was permitted that actually gives me the and it it was you know so they basically campaigned to raise awareness surrounding the issues of violence typically committed during sexual during sexual intercourse as well as campaigning to abolish the rough sex defense but for example this has been codified in 2021 but it's clearly not doing enough because um, Sam Pybus, who was sentenced to four years and eight months after strangling, only four years and eight months after strangling Sophie Moss to death, after claiming she encouraged him to strangle her, his sentence was not increased. So there's a clear sign the law is, is not working. And it's just this, it's this idea that, you know, you can be that men will never take any responsibility yeah. for killing women because a man could kill you and a court would hold up yeah. that you asked him to. Yeah. Also, can I just say, um, if you're if you're ever wanting to um, experiment with any kind of rough sex BDSM, learn how to do it. Mm. If you want to get into strangulation, learn how Let's to do, do it. it. You don't put your hands around someone's neck with your thumbs forcefully on their jugular yeah. yeah like that's not that's not how you do it mm. so you need to be responsible you need to be a responsible sexual partner mm. and go and learn yeah because you you can murder someone and that's it yeah also, but also i do not believe that you go straight to the point of oh yeah i i, I didn't realize she encouraged me to do it and now she's dead you can read someone's body cues. You know, if someone's dying. Dying. Yeah. And this is the thing. This is another separate point, related point. So many points. I genuinely believe that men hate women so much that any progress that we make is used against us. Sexual liberation. Well, now I'm going to kill her and say she wanted it. Yeah. Women owning their sexual power, knowing what they want from a sexual partner. Well, I'm going to kill her for it. <laughs> Knowing how to ask for it. And yeah. Women participating in casual sex, hookup culture. Well, I'm going to do things to her that she's not asked for. That's literally it. And it's like, if that sounds um, really harsh, just do a bit of Googling. Just, re- you just read our DMs. Literally I mean, just... you can't because they're anonymous. But yeah. I'm going to actually, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a quick fire. If, yeah. if you're actually thinking, oh, this is, you know, are we over-exaggerating this issue? Are we creating controversy where there's none? Uh, the response is, it used to happen pretty much every time I've had casual sex. Men stepped over boundaries. I had to attend my brother's wedding with bruises because he got too rough. I've had two boys on separate occasions literally spit in my mouth without asking. He took off the condom and wouldn't stop after I was crying. I had to have an abortion. I have experienced excessively hard biting more than a couple of times. I got slapped around the face by a guy from my uni halls I slept with from Tinder. Biting that felt like an attempt to break skin. I said stop. They laughed and did it again later. I had scars for weeks. Fuck your no held me down and raped me anally. I had a man put his legs around my neck while I went down on him so I couldn't get off. A one night stand suddenly grabbed me by the throat with no warning. I got punched in the face and I blacked out. And that's just a that's just a little slice. That's a that's a, a small sample of the responses that we received. So yeah, it's it's um, a really big fucking issue, an issue that has affected all three of us sat here today. An issue which is 
genuinely terrifying you know if you are dating it I know when I was dating I thought about it a lot after my experience where I was choked by a belt non-consensually literally not not any kind of warning um I wasn't facing the person who did this and I was choked by a belt and they couldn't see my face and they couldn't see that I was literally struggling to breathe and after that I thought why the fuck am I supposed to do it when that is happening just off the do you know and there should be that should not be a worry of such a fun part of someone's life that they think oh am I going to be violently assaulted when I go out tonight am I gonna I'm I'm deciding to you know go meet someone from yeah. Tinder. it's also it's the idea of if we think about the way in which violence is committed against women and the way that women are murdered in this country less than once every three days one woman it's it's not just it's the vulnerability like I don't know you don't know when you leave the house you make the very every day you have the very real conversation with yourself that you could leave the house and that could be the day you could be the one you could be the one in the in the past three days and to know that there is no safety in intimacy there is there is no safety in the public sphere or the private sphere mm. you are not protected it, it's 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 a it's, failure it's, it's lived trauma it's an absolute failure yeah very beautifully said and i think what i think i would like to kind of got out there to maybe round it off is that BDSM rough sex is not the only kind of sex where there's exploration Mm-mm-mm. and I think that you know this general consensus that you know oh yeah freak in the sheets that means you want to be slapped about or whatever mm-hmm. there are so many options for exploration for creativity for kink that involve zero aggression mm-hmm. And I do not believe for one fucking second that 90 out of 100 people love rough sex. Mm. A lot of people will, yeah. But what about the 500 million other kinds of sex that no one's exploring because you all only watch one kind of porn? Yeah, and you, you, you're you not interested in... Also... Getting to know yourself. Yeah, your sexuality. Your and I think we have very strongly generalised that men are the main perpetrators of this because that is the truth um it's it's not it's not it's not exclusive to that there are going to be so many people who have experienced non-consensual aggression at the hands of women at the hands of non-binary people at the hands of anyone you name it it's happened but it is a very gendered problem and we know that in terms of gender-based violence the stats are there don't even fucking try and not all men me and I'm just like not not all men. <laughs> Funnily oh enough, I go to say are not going all men, to but we don't know which ones are going to want to be the givers. Mm. Not all men are the natural active participants of sex. And men are really curbing their sexualities thinking that they have, have to, to fulfill, yeah, role. fulfill that role if you are a man and you don't want to be dominant sexually you want to be more submissive yeah. you know that's a perfectly legitimate yeah safe choice and if you're again if and if your partner's not giving you a safe environment to explore yeah that, then that is a failing on their part exactly we don't i also want to talk about the way that in which men's boundaries and consent is violated and, mm-hmm. and the way in which you know 
you know, sexual violence within intimate relationships is really common. It's common in relationships. It's common towards men. And I just really want, I know we've been talking about this and talking about how men often are perpetrating sexual violence, but it's not exclusively so. And there's also, there's a similar idea of the idea that men can't speak about damaging and traumatic sexual mm-hmm. experiences that they've had yeah. because there's this idea that well why wouldn't you want to have sex with someone yeah. why wouldn't you want to have sex with your partner if you're in a relationship yeah. because why it's that active yeah. sexual person why wouldn't you want someone to do that thing that's to unnatural you? why wouldn't you want a girl or a boy or whoever you're having sex with to do that kinky stuff with you yeah you know that it's it goes both ways and i think the the danger of sexual violence i think that we've explored is because I've got one final submission I think we're going to read and I'm just going to give a content warning for this it's really pretty rough no pun intended god that's a poor choice of words but the way in which people who perpetrate sexual violence will take advantage of your experience Mm. and they'll take advantage of your naivety if you're someone who has a lot of casual sex if you feel very sexually empowered then they can use the excuse of well freaking the sheets yeah oh she likes it rough yeah oh she has sex with a lot of different people and thus mm-hmm. yeah she's 100%. an object she's a sex object yeah or they'll take advantage of your naivety of being sheltered of being young of not being sexually experienced of coming from a community or coming from a background where there is there is no sex education you have mm-hmm. no community they'll take advantage of that to perpetrate sexual violence yeah and this is the the final submission that I'm going to read. Hiya, I have personal experiences of sexual violence in public spaces. In 2020, I was raped by my then partner in a field in place multiple times over a couple of days. I'd never had sex before and never met him before this, but I had texted him before we met saying something along the lines of, I will not be having sex with you, so don't even bother asking. I don't want to lose my virginity in a field. He did it anyway, and on that day, I got raped in the river next to a field in the field itself and on the muddy banks. I also got assaulted against a tree on a country road where I was made to bleed and people stood on and watched. On a different day soon after, I got raped twice in a forest, once on a public footpath and once on the Lido. I never had any understanding that this wasn't how sex was meant to be. And even though I was 17, I was a virgin and had no comprehension until a few months after it happened. It hurt me very much and I got cut up from thorns in the bushes. My clothes were ruined from being raped in the mud. I had to throw away my underwear on both occasions as they were so bloodied and just ruined. I think I was just pleased that someone found me attractive enough to have sex with. So I ignored everything bad about the situation, even though it hurt to sit, shower, and I couldn't display my legs that had been cut up for a while. I never told the police because I assumed that because people watched me get raped and assaulted, they would help me or call the police, but they never did. So I thought that I would have no chance with no witnesses who would support me in court. There were obviously no cameras, so I felt like I would be fighting a losing game. From May 2020, when it happened, to about September, October 2020, I felt like nothing was wrong as I'd normalised violence against me, because I guess I didn't know any different. Since then, I have been assaulted on a number of occasions, in private and in public, mainly groping, etc. But but compared to my rape, this was small fry, so I absolutely normalised and expected it from then on. I'm still trying to recover from it and it's hard because I just don't see a way for me to get justice and because I still normalise what happened to me and underplay the whole situation. 
when deep down I know what happened and I know it's wrong. When it's normalised, the support just isn't there as it should be and it makes it harder for people like me to recover and see the truth in their experiences. I just want to say thank you for letting me tell my story, even if it isn't used on the podcast. It's been helpful to vent. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. That's horrific. And it's 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 wild how self-aware that is. And it's irritating that that person has been forced to become self-aware of the normalisation. Because that's frustrating. Mm. Like, I wish that didn't have to happen. Because I wish it was dealt with. There's a lot of loneliness in that. Yeah. And isolation. But you know what? Like, the fact I hope... You are not alone. Yeah, maybe this gives you some solace because you're not alone. And while that's also a troubling thought, you know, the fact that you're contributing that... There is strength in numbers. Oh, absolutely. And there is strength in community. And having discussions such as these. Yeah. Take this, take this forward into your own lives. Have discussions with your friends. Check in with your friends who are sexually active. Because it's so... Right. We, yeah. And we all have, st- we all have stories of friends yeah. saying, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so. But they're my partner and so. Also, normalizing anything. Normal doesn't exist. Healthy and just things exist and unhealthy and abusive behavior exists normal isn't a thing normal isn't a thing and things can be common but that doesn't mean that they're not abusive so if you have been in circumstances you've had casual sex with six people and every single one of them has done something aggressive which you never consented to which you didn't like Mm -hmm. um that's that's not normal Mm. it's common Mm. and it's scary but it needs to be corrected Mm. and that's why we need to have conversations like this Mm. and I'm very aware that things discussed in this episode you know it has the shock factor but this is not sensationalized like this is literally just a day in the life Mm. and you know we we literally just asked a question on Instagram and that's what we got in it's and it is it is so interesting speaking to you know you and I have had conversations about how lucky we feel Mm -hmm. with the sexual partners that we have now Mm -hmm. and how comfortable and fulfilled and happy and we speak about it as if it is amazing and it is amazing for me because I I feel very lucky. Yeah. But it is really, and it sounds such an overused term, the bare minimum. <laughs> that the partners or partner that you're having sex with, whether it's once, whether it's twice, whether it's a thousand times, mm. whether it's been, whether you've been married for 35 years, whether you met this morning, that they treat you with dignity and respect and they make you feel safe because if they don't then you they sh- you shouldn't you sh- you just don't you don't deserve no. it you shouldn't be having sex they shouldn't be having sex with you they don't deserve to and furthermore it's assault literally and also for all of those people who 
make comments like, oh yeah, they're so vanilla, that was so vanilla, blah, 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 blah. First of all, shut up. Yeah, shut your mouth. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) But safe sex, that safe atmosphere, whatever kind of sex is going on, if it's safe, that's where the magic happens like that's how things get kinky that's how things get good yeah and if you don't realize that then you know you need to start to and don't be afraid of being compassionate Mm. to people because if you're having sex with them it's the bare minimum it doesn't make you any less fucking cool or whatever you think or whatever your friends talk about Mm. It's literally just decency. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have friends in your life who care about you, they will recognise red flags. Yeah. And they, they're there to support you. And that's how, that's one big takeaway. That's how we find happiness and security and sexual liberation that serves us mm-hmm. and protects us is through community. Absolutely. And just to end on another positive note, for anyone who's contributed um, with submissions that doesn't define your sexuality that doesn't define your sexual experiences Mm -hmm. and you can get really rewarding sexual relationships and you will and you deserve it we are all sat here as i've said numerous times we've all experienced aggression and assault in some forms and now we've got fulfilling sexual relationships all hope is not lost and it and it it really is getting to the other side and experiencing that it really is such a joy Mm -hmm. and it really can exist in a way that you don't anticipate it can absolutely and i want to stress that like it you really can have like wonderful happy safe intimacy with a partner Mm -hmm. and not be affected by things from the past yeah exactly that is someone who hasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and the the power of hindsight is uh, fucking crazy. Twenty twenty, so, baby. So yeah, if that can um, that can seem really intense, if you've had a horrible awakening of maybe past experiences and things, so we will include resources um, in mm. the podcast description because it's important to kind of check in with yourself even you know even if you haven't experienced anything that we've discussed it's still a lot to take on it's still a lot to think about that it happens on such a massive scale so yeah take it easy and thank you for yourselves thank you to everyone who submitted and i want to say a big thanks to alice i feel like this was kind of you know while it's disturbing and it's distressing to listen to things like that it's also kind of like a big hug you know hearing people talk about it and yeah that's the thing so never never undermine the power of conversation um and never stop being angry about shit that you should be angry about absolutely and also never stop believing that you deserve fucking comfy shit good happy comfortable yeah safe sex yeah cozy vibes for everyone please lovely stuff that you want to do that you want to do with your partner exactly. and your partner what it does with what wants to do with you exactly so yeah be kind and compassion makes for really good sex so get your head out of your ass literally um, and don't <laughs> yeah also i want to say a big thank you to you both for having me i've had a great time anytime anytime it's been great time it's been explosive. yes
Mm. Well, till next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>